Hey friends, it's Cody Monkman here, and I am so glad that you are listening to the Monday Recap Podcast. Hey, this is a podcast where we don't preach. Our conversations open up more dialogue on Sunday's sermon, tackle current and local faith topics, and upcoming activities at First Christian Church in Clinton, Illinois. You can find this podcast on our website at www.clintonfcc.com or a link to each podcast on our church Facebook page. And again, hey, we are so glad that you are listening to the Monday Recap Podcast. And now, for your Monday Recap. Welcome to Episode 3 of the Monday Morning Recap. Uh, You're listening to Cody Munkman and Greg Taylor, and we are going to be talking about uh, three different things. The first one is a choir cantata, and then we're going to talk a little bit about Coffee at the Crossing, kind of a new thing the last two weeks. And then a little bit about uh, this past Sunday's sermon. Uh, so let's kind of jump in right away. Let's talk about choir cantata. Well, I got to tell you, um, I, I'm partial, but I think the FCC choir is one of the very best in central Illinois. Ruth Davidson does an incredible job leading the choir. And I thought their Christmas cantata yesterday was just, I don't even know the right words, just uh, out of this world. Um, I love the old Christmas hymns, um, the, the theology in the Christmas hymns. I thought the choir really made them come alive. And uh, unless you're a person that just doesn't like music, I, I don't know how yeah. you didn't walk away saying that was a special morning. Yeah. Emily, uh, Emily hasn't ever been a part of a church that had uh, two different styles of worship. Okay. And so it was her first choir cantata that she's ever experienced. Yeah. And afterwards, I asked her what she thought, and she just loved it. I mean, yeah. she's got an outsider perspective. Yeah. And one thing that I have heard her say to her family and friends is how awesome our traditional service is. Yeah. yeah. Um, that uh, we do traditional worship uh, very well. Um, and she really enjoyed the cantata. Both of us weren't in there for the whole thing. We had to leave um, to get ready for the uh, serving during the Sunday school hour. But um, what we saw, I mean, I, I knew she would like it. I've loved it ever since I moved back and started yep. attending. Yep. It's great. It so. really is. They did a great job. And hats off to Ruth Davidson and to everyone that made the 2016 Christmas cantata a huge success. I just love Ruth. Yes. She's so sweet. Yes. Her and Sophie. Sophie, Sophie. the uh, service dog, who is changing lives through hospital visits, hospice visits. It's uh, it's quite a ministry. It really is. Love Ruth. Very thankful for her. So during the Sunday school hour, the last two weeks, um, we had this kind of quote-unquote coffee at the crossing, which the crossing is kind of a, a new term with the new areas opening up. Um, we'll see if it sticks. Um, we're going to have some new signage at some point, but I right. don't know when. Right. But, um, you know, this was an idea that was kind of brought from students, right. high school students in the student ministry. And, and give the history of it. Why did they think that, you know, a coffee service might be a win-win-win for everybody well, involved? Well, uh, of course, the... With the idea coming from high school students, yeah, um, they love the coffee shop environment. I think uh-huh. Coffee Corner has really inspired yeah. um, some of our young people in, in thinking this, and it yeah. fits well with church culture. Um, and 
you know, we have, as a student minister, I've kind of tried to help students think outside the box okay. on how they can be serving their community. And this is something that they came up with. Um, and I know this past Sunday, there's going to be a couple of other different high school community groups that are going to be helping serve uh, those drinks. But um, So for the people that aren't aware, I mean, I show up at 927 and I'm heading to a Bible school class. What can I do and what do I pay and where does it go? Well, they are set up right at the beginning of the new hallway for adult Sunday school classes. Upstairs. Upstairs, go up the, the stairs off to the right when you first walk into the, the lobby doors into the sanctuary. Yeah. And um, they are serving loaded hot chocolate, regular black coffee. Let me stop you. What's, What's loaded up? hot chocolate? Well, see, Is I, that something that I had to ask them the same thing. I know. Um, <laughs> well, it's hot chocolate. Okay. With, uh, let's see here, I think there's chocolate syrup in there, oh. along with whipped cream, oh. and then peppermint candies. Oh my goodness. Yeah. See, I'm not a hot chocolate guy, yeah. but that's making me think I may need to it's been, reconsider. It's been a hit with the holiday yeah. seasons. Yeah. And so what do I pay for loaded hot chocolate? Well, um, they really are just having a suggested d donation. Oh. Okay, so donation. Um, and I believe the, the loaded hot chocolate is $1. Okay. And the iced coffee drinks, yeah. which are very good. I tried one. Very similar to like what you might get at McDonald's or something. Yeah. I like yeah. McDonald's. Yeah. Well, I love McDonald's coffee. <laughs> I'm just saying I've always struggled with cold coffee. I don't know oh, why. Okay. I've always right. well, I like had a hard time drinks. with it. But you know me. I'm old school. Yeah, that's right. Well, so... So what's the suggested donation there? $3. Okay. And, and the money raised goes towards... God's Shelter of Love in Decatur. Awesome. Our which, friend Ed Bacon. That's right. And uh, we gave the students a list of different missions to help them think about, you know, what are you passionate about? Yeah. What would you like to give? They picked God's Shelter of Love, so that's where the money's going to. And that's a homeless shelter that is um, especially important this time of the year when you can say, I mean, I, I walked my dog this morning, Cody, 29 degrees, the feel-like temperature was 19 degrees, and what hit me about halfway through the walk when I could barely feel my hands, even though I had gloves on, was, can you imagine being homeless oh, in man. this? Yeah, I know. You know? So let me just say two thumbs up to your high schoolers for thinking outside the box and saying, let's create something that will be a blessing to people, but even more than that, raise money to be a blessing to a difference-making mission. Well, and the thing that I've, because I've kind of walked through the area while they're doing it and just observed on how things are going, and, you know, they offer the black coffee at no charge, free black coffee. Um, there's not even, they don't suggest a donation, although yeah. some people have donated. Right. Um, but I mean, cause all the Sunday school classes, they make their own coffee. I mean, it's right. in the classroom still. Right. Um, but the thing that I like is there's something special when someone asks for a cup of black coffee or the load hot chocolate or whatever, and another person is serving them by filling that cup, yeah. reaching across the table and saying, here yep. you go yep. with their lid and all that. And, and then they go on their way. Yeah. And so I think it, it fosters a heart of service yeah. along with, I don't know if you've noticed this, but more people are kind of congregating in I that agree. area. I mean, I agree. the, the crowd uh, during that time is stretching not only outside the sanctuary, but up those stairs, which is great. I mean, people, yeah. um, from all walks of life are exchanging and having community with one another. So. I think it's great, and I think um, you're creating, I called it earlier, a win 
win, win. It's a win for people that want a hot drink on a sun or a cold drink yeah. on a Sunday morning. It's a win for students to be serving, but you know, it's a win for God Shelter of Love, yeah. one of our monthly mission yeah. partners. And so, I, uh, I believe right now, up to this point, they've raised a, a little over two hundred dollars for God Shelter of Love. So that's great. Two hundred dollars a mission didn't have. There you go, Eddie. And they've got. <laughs> Love Ed Bacon. Yes. And uh, they've got one week left. This coming Sunday, December 18, will be the last Sunday that they will be set up and cool. serving the church. So if you have not drinks. taken advantage of the crossing, do it this Sunday. It's your last chance of 2016. All right. Well, hey, Greg, let's get to your sermon. Of course. Of Grace course. and Truth. Two yeah. weeks ago, you kind of gave us a, bit, a quick summary of what the month of December is going to look yeah. like. You mentioned that this was going to be one of the topics, and I said, wow, that's going to be really interesting. Right, I'm right. looking forward to that sermon because I knew it was going to be a tough one. Well, and the thing is, when you think the, the quotes of Christmas, most people think Matthew chapters 1 and 2, Luke chapters 1 and 2, they, they don't even consider the Gospel of John. But John chapter 1, verse 14, really is a Christmas verse. It says the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. And we've seen his glory from the Father, full of grace and truth. And you could have went a lot of different directions. We really focused primarily on this idea that Jesus was completely full of grace and completely full of truth and tried to look at our lives. And let's be honest, most of us, I think you and I, if, if we were being honest, we would say we lean more toward grace or more toward truth. And that's how, that's the lenses that we, we look at life through and we look at faith through. And yet Jesus, um, he didn't choose one or the other. He didn't go either or, it was both and. And um, it gets messy. It so gets, uh, it creates tension. Here's my question. Mm -hmm. Which one do you think you lean towards? I think I definitely lean toward grace more. I think. Have you um, always been that way? I think as a young minister, I was much more on the truth arena, okay. I would say. Um, but, but I think I've always had somewhat of a heart of grace. What I never, I think, fully was able to grab a hold of, and it was actually a conversation that I had with one of my former colleagues at Lincoln Christian at the time college, Ronald Ramsey, really challenged me on um, don't settle for one or the other. But it, it, it's a both and. Jesus was full of grace. Jesus was full of truth. And you don't have to compromise the truth to be a person of grace. You don't have to compromise um, truth to, to compromise grace to be a person of truth, and yet I think um, it creates a tension that that's really difficult at times. Can you think of an example where we, as a church, model well this whole grace well, and truth? Yeah, I, I think when you look at maybe people who find themselves in need. Okay, let's just say there's there's a family or an individual that. Um, you know, they come in and, and they have needs. Um, maybe there are bills that need paid or they don't have food or they, they don't have furniture. They, they, they have some sort of a need. I think old school looked at them and said, okay, well, are you smoking? Well, then get rid of the cigs. And, you know, are you buying uh, lottery tickets? Get rid of the lottery tickets. And you take that money that you're spending on cigarettes and lottery tickets and your problem is solved. 
And I think that was kind of the, the philosophy, not just for our church, but I think for a lot of churches. And it came off, I think, incredibly judgmental. And it came off um, without any grace whatsoever. And it really turned people off to, why would I want to be a part of an organization that's going to judge me? And I think the other side of things is, you know, here's groceries, here's gas cards, here's this, here's that, and no challenge to step beyond maybe a lifestyle that, that they've known their entire life. So I, we are far from perfect in that arena, but I think the idea basically being we want to be people that are completely full of grace, but also help you get beyond where you're at. Don't just um, say good luck and God bless with your gas card, but really try to help people move beyond. It's an old proverb, you've heard it. If you, um, if you give a man a fish, you know, you feed mm -hmm. him for a day. Mm -hmm. If you teach a man to fish, you feed him for the rest of his life. And we're not talking about fishing here, but just that idea of how can we be full of grace and full of truth and help lives be truly transformed. No, I was, as you're talking, I'm trying to think of an example of someone who embodies this. Mm -hmm. And I've got one. Karen Rice. Yeah, amen. Office manager. Yeah. We get people that walk in, they need help. Yep. And she showers them with grace yeah. by helping them, yeah. but she will never let them leave the office without right. sharing a word of truth and praying with Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Well, I mean, and you can look at some of the cultural issues that we're facing today. I mean, I think the church is called to, to um, be full of grace and full of truth with issues like immigration issues like same-sex marriage, issues um, that, that, quite frankly, many Christians want to kind of close their eyes and run away from or um, only choose one or the other. Um, I've preached sermons in the last four years uh, on two different occasions on same-sex marriage, and, and I know there's people that have walked away offended on both sides of the aisle. The approach I have tried to take is how do you embrace grace and truth with this tangible issue that is right there in front now, of us? Now, I'm really curious. As I to know, what and answer, I shouldn't have opened that up properly. I, I'm yeah. really curious as to yeah. what, how you'll answer this next question. Yep. First, let me just say, I feel like the church, and I'm talking the church with a big capital T and a capital C, right. bigger than Universal, FCC, right, yes. right. Um, we, our, our knee-jerk reaction when we communicate with other people is obey, obey, obey. Obey God's word, obey yeah. God, right. obey God. And yeah. if you don't obey, especially if you don't obey the way we obey, right. then go find yourself a different church down the street. Right. And when I look at the patterns, uh, speaking out of you know John 4 with uh, the Samaritan woman at the well and a couple of other, the texts that you mentioned. John 8. John 8, okay. Adultery, right? Um, right. Jesus' response was first, come and see. Come, yeah. come check me out. Listen yeah. to me. Yeah. Then shower you with grace. Yeah. Now obey. Truth. Yeah. Now yeah. I give you truth. Yeah. Follow grace, truth. Yeah. Follow grace, truth. But I see the church, man. We we really have the obey down. We got the truth down. Yeah. But we really, I think we struggle with the whole. Hey, come check out. Hey, come listen to what God has to say. Right. Come experience the grace of God. Here's my question. Yeah. Do you think the universal church does a good job with grace and truth? No. Or wh I don't. where do you think we lack? I, I think most, and I'm going to take it back to local churches, I think most churches lean more heavily to one or the other. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like we are a truth church or we are a grace church, and there is no willingness to say, you know, Andy Stanley talks about living in the tension. And I think that's something that um, we want it cut and dried. You know, we want to open up a book and turn to page 47 and say, okay, here's our answer on this issue. And we want a sentence or we want a paragraph. And I think it's more complex than that, quite honestly. I really do. You know? Tough question. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I understand if you don't quite know how to answer this, but yeah. how do we live in the tension in 2016? Can you give an example of what that looks like? Well, you talked about how Jesus' philosophy was come and see, hear about grace, and then Jesus eventually gave them truth. You see what I'm saying? I think that that is a way that hopefully our church and every church would operate. You know, I had a person come up to me after the first sermon that I preached on same-sex marriage and say, what are you going to do if homosexuals start showing up at your church? And I said, we have homosexuals that come to our church. Mm -hmm. We have adulterers that come to our church. We have people that struggle with pornography that come to our church. We have drug addicts that come to our church. We have alcoholics that come to our church. We have people that struggle with the sin of greed every day that come to our church. And I want them at our church, and they should always be at our church. And it was almost kind of like they couldn't believe that that was the case, and they had not processed. I mean, here's the deal, Cody. We all have junk. We all have baggage. We all have garbage. There's stuff in your life and your past you don't want anyone to know about. Mm -hmm. I'm the same way. We're all that way. We're all sinners in need of a Savior. Where I think some churches go off the reservation, so to speak, is that it's come as you are and be as you are. There's no need to change. You know, Jesus accepts you and embraces you just as you are. Um, Jesus didn't say to the woman caught in adultery, now that all your accusers have left, run on back to your uh, guy that you're shacking up with. Head on back and get back you know, to business. Mm -hmm. He didn't say it. What did he say? Go and leave your mm -hmm. life of sin. And you know, for some people, they don't want to hear that you know, sin is, is even a deal in 2016. So that's a long answer to yeah. your question. But I think um, you've got to embrace the tension. And, and I'll tell you, there's times that, that I find myself saying as I wake up today, how can I embody full of grace and truth? And it's not an easy answer yeah. sometimes. Three years ago when I went to the Orange Conference in Atlanta, uh, we talked about living in the tension with students yeah. in the context of student ministry yeah. and how they live in the tension when they're at school or wherever and yeah. we need to figure out how can the church come alongside them and, right. and live within that tension right. and I was really moved by that yeah. um, really yeah. challenged on okay how can how can I in my personal life if I can't do it in my personal life how am I going to be able to lead other people into doing that and one thing that I found and I'm not saying this will work for everyone but it's worked for me is praying for the small things yeah. um, thinking having a thankful heart and proclaiming those things through prayer to God for the small things the weather the the birds this the squirrels the the strangers that I'm passing by down the road the lady who I see pushing her three kids in a car at IGA, um, whatever it may be, but just praying for the small things throughout my my day, and when I do that, um, it what I have noticed is it makes the big things, those big like 
life decisions or life situations where you feel like if you make the wrong decision, it's going to take you down this path versus that path. Um, that tension, so to speak, it's not as intimidating um, yeah. because when you start aligning your heart with God's heart through the praying of the small things, you realize that God's in the tension with you. Right. Now, if you don't do that, it really makes t- the tension very uh, intimidating. Sure. At least for me. I think so. absolutely. And I think understanding that as a minister, when I was a 26-year-old youth minister, Cody, I thought I had to have an answer to any question that was ever asked at any moment in time. And that if I didn't have an answer, I was letting God down. And I think sometimes the answer is I don't have a concrete black and white answer right now, but let's live in the tension mm-hmm. together. Let's grow in the tension together. You know, at the end of the day, um, it's the most challenging of the five messages that we're going to look at today, mm-hmm. or this month, I should say, the, the five messages, to really try to figure out, you know, what does that look like? How does that play out? And many you know? of us will have great opportunities as we go to those Christmas dinners and family gatherings and all the Christmas festivities that are in our communities. So, well, let me jump to your fourth point here. Yep. Your yep. fourth point was choose to tabernacle with those who need Jesus. Yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting phrase. Um, if you were to take John 1.14, it says that he dwelt among us or he made his dwelling among us. And if you really get down to the language, the actual term is he tabernacled with us. He tabernacled among us. The tabernacle was the place that the Israelites met God in the Old Testament during their journey. And the idea, the, the symbolism behind it is that um, Jesus left heaven in essence and and walked with us and spent time with us he tabernacled among us and you think about um, all that Jesus experienced especially during his three years of public ministry I would think there had to be times that he was saying what in the world am I doing you know what I mean Absolutely. I know there's times I'm saying what in the world am I doing and it's easy just to want to close your eyes and pull the, the covers over your head and live in a Christian cocoon and, and not deal with messiness, not deal with um, with, with sin, with and people I, that need a Savior. When you, you were know? talking about that, the phrase that kept on ringing in my head was, I need to keep building bridges. I Absolutely. need to keep building bridges. And, and God the Father... Yeah. started with sending Jesus as yeah. the bridge yeah. for us. Yeah. And so now, as you were preaching yesterday, I'm thinking, okay, I need to build bridges with those who are on the outside. Yeah. Philip Yancey really changed this for me. Um, excellent book. It's probably 20 years old now, that Jesus I Never Knew. And, and there's a phrase in there, a sentence in there that really grabbed me that Jesus regularly spent time with people like tax collectors and prostitutes, and his wrath was really reserved for the religious leaders that thought they had it all figured out. And I think it's really easy for Christians in 2016 to only spend time with spiritual people, to only spend time with pretty people. Um, One of my favorite shows of all time has this as um, kind of the tag phrase in the song about the show, sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And you know, it's cheers and it's talking about mm-hmm. a bar. And I think that's what the church has to be. The and church what? has to be a place where everyone's welcome and where everyone is loved. And you may not always get the answer that you want to get. When I sit my kids down, especially when they were little, and I have to correct them, you know, I'm doing it because I love them. But um, they're not always excited about that. But I think um, 
they'll look back later in life and say, man, I'm, I'm glad my parents were the parents that they were. Hey, can you recall what channel Cheers was on? NBC, right? Oh. Uh, it was NBC, yeah. Well, when I was growing up, it was on Nick at Night. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you're young. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just I had wrong. That, I'm sorry. How I old had, are you? 25. Oh, wow. How old are you? 47. Dude. Oh my god. I know, I'm old, wow. man. Look at the gray hair. It, it helps explain it. Yeah. All right, well, hey, I want to end everyone with kind of the, the parting question that you gave us yesterday. Yeah. Who in your world needs to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's, uh, I don't know if you each one of us will have that answer right away, but... Um, I think it's important to think about. And Cody, let me say this. I think people who are not in a relationship with Jesus, I think there are seasons of the year where the spiritual antenna is a little more elevated. And I think this is one of them for whatever reason. I know our Christmas Eve services, I'm so excited about Samuel is working so hard on it. We do some really cool things. Um, I think there's just a lot of opportunities to invite people to explore what it means to be in a relationship with Jesus and that scares a lot of people and they're like well I'm not an evangelist I've never taken a class on sharing my faith and, and sometimes the thing is hey come to Christmas Eve with me hey come to mom and tots with me hey come to coffee hour with me come to reload with me um, come come check it out and uh, I, I would just challenge people uh, I would think Christmas would be a pretty discouraging time mm -hmm. if you didn't have the hope that, yeah. That we have. Yeah. All right. Real quick. Yeah. What's this coming Sunday look like for us? This coming Sunday is quote number three. Uh, the angel Gabriel tells Mary in Luke one that nothing is impossible with God, and we're going to talk about have we put God in a box? You know, have you ever found yourself praying a prayer convinced there's no way that prayer is getting answered? If that's where you've been, you've put God in a box, mm -hmm. and. Um, I believe nothing is impossible with God, but I think sometimes we live our lives as if we believe the opposite is mm -hmm. true. Uh, Bible School Christmas Program, 930, and a reveals doing Christmas parties yes. that evening. Yes. Um, it's going to be a great Sunday. Junior high is at 430, and high school is at 630. And I just throw out there looking ahead, Christmas morning and New Year's morning are both Sundays, one service at 930. Okay. No programming at 815, Actually, I take that back. 1045. I was wrong with junior high. Junior okay. high is at 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock to... Uh, 530? I think it's 4.30, oh, no, isn't it? No, it's 4.30. 4.30 oh to I'm, 6. I'm going crazy. That's all right, dude. It's we okay. are 4.30 to 6. Yeah. High school is 6.30 to 8. It just shows that you're human. Sorry, friends. It's all good. It's all, all good. right. Well, um, you know what, friends? You're listening to episode 3 of the Monday Recap. And what you could do to help us out is when we post this on our church website, clintonfcc.com, and we will link it to our Facebook page. Uh, we need your help. And if you could share this on your Facebook pages, um, we need to build our audience for this to continue. And uh, I'm really proud to say that in the first two weeks, we have had, a, uh, I think it was close to 135 downloads. Wow. So, um, I, yeah, I mean, that's I wasn't awesome. really expecting that. So um, I think that's pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, keep sharing the podcast on social media. Talk about it with your friends. Um, what's most important to continue podcasting is that there's an audience. Absolutely. I mean, if there isn't an audience, then uh, we're wasting our time. So Amen. we hope that this is helping you uh, kind of digest what was preached about uh, yesterday in church. 
and also looking forward to the uh, near future with what's going on at FCC Clinton. Amen. So uh, we will see you next week for Episode 4.